0: Welcome to your favorite podcast. I've been meaning to watch that. My name is Monica and every week we are joined with a new guest, new topics, new movies and TV shows to review. And if you're someone who likes to indulge in celebrity gossip every now and then, you have at least one movie that you absolutely love but Rotten Tomatoes hates. Or if you're someone who agrees that Netflix doesn't know how to market their new shows properly and they don't really give them enough time to, to, like, breathe or find their footing, then this podcast is for you, okay? Check us out on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And here is the show. Goodbye! I- oh my gosh. I hope that Rebecca was freed in the end because... We don't really know what happens to her character, because after she tried to leave Bly with Flora, Lady of the Lake was like, actually, you know what? No. No. (laughs) she's like, in fact, she's going to be mine now. Okay, you've been warning people about me. You can't warn them no more if you're down here with me. Okay, let's go. Come on, down to the ocean, nice and cold. Nice and wet. Thank you. (laughs) And when Miles shoved... Hannah, it's like I know you were possessed, but at the same time, we just going to we got to go. I'm gonna have to fight a seven year old. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. You 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 brought this upon yourself. Peter yeah. can hop in your party and body and take this beating like a man, but yeah, that's it's just it's like I don't know how else to say this. I want to fight Miles.
1: I want to fight <laughs> the child. Like, there are so many. Laura can't help
0: you. I will literally <laughs> shove her to the ground and I'm going to take you down. Like, this kid is so annoying. And I know it's Peter. I can't fight a ghost, alright? So it's gonna have to yeah. be you, Miles. I'm sorry. It feels
1: character. <laughs> it feels <builds> character. <laughs> I thought that Peter was chosen, like, good mm-hmm. enough to fight this kid.
0: <laughs> also, imagine you fall in love with a guy and then, like, he dies tragically. But he is so selfish and so self centered. And so self absorbed that he thinks, Oh, I know how to be with my loved one forever. I'll just kill her and then we can just possess children. What makes you think this is a good idea?
1: That is definitely a red flag that you need to look
0: at. <laughs> that is just everything you need to know about men. They're like yeah. this the first idea I got came up with is the best idea and it's the only idea I need. Yeah. I don't need to run up by anybody That's else.
1: Good. Two minutes. Yes. That's all I needed. <laughs>
0: He was like, oh. if I'm dead, you're dead. That's just how it is, right? Because we've known each other for, what, two months? Not That's even, the like... thing.
1: It's such a short time. It's like a full Romeo and Juliet situation with them. Oh.
0: Like, bro, she oh. had a whole life to live. Like...
1: Yeah, like, she was, like, going places. She yeah. was doing... She was getting it done, and...
0: That is such a man thing to think. Like, oh, of course she wants to die. Because I'm dead. Because what is a woman without a man? What is a woman without she,
1: love? She
0: of course she can't live without me, because I can't live without her. Me, with all oh. this money, and everything's been taken from me, so of course everything needs to be taken from her, too, because she wants to be in my situation. Of course she wants yeah. to be me. Like if, if you loved me, you would want to be as miserable as me. Because that's oh. all this. Isn't it?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. No. But shout out to the actor who played I can't remember his name. He plays Luke in um in Hill House. Luke in- yes. Like shout out to him because that is range. I love him. <laughs> in-
0: he was really great in Hill House and I I love actors that are like that who can just take on a role so mm-hmm. seamlessly. Without even a thought in their mind. Uh, his name's Oliver Jackson Cohen, I believe. Okay. He's also very handsome. Oh my gosh. Wow.
1: He's incredibly handsome. Yes.
0: He was also in The Invisible Man. Oh, I haven't seen that. I didn't mean to see that one. Okay. We'd love to see it. Um. Okay, we've gone through Blind Manor. Um, Mm -hmm. We can talk about Midnight Mass. I'm going to be honest and say I didn't see Midnight Club so if you kind of want to like go over and kind of like give your thoughts on it before we go into Midnight Mass. that
1: Um, is, Yeah just just quickly it's it's what you expect it's a lot more emotional this show I would say Mm -hmm. that um there are ghosts in it. There are parts where there are, like, jump scares and it's a little bit freaky, but I think because of what the story is about, mm-hmm. it's a lot emotional rather than frightening because, you know, it's it's these kids who are in a hospice, you know, they they all have this serious illness that they're, they're going to die from. And Isn't it anything to...
0: where it's like these kids are being quarantined from the public? Or it's like no,
1: these kids have like cancer. These kids have like cancer oh, and stuff okay. like, like these kids have cancer, um, and this, there is like an underlying sort of like freaky thing. Obviously, like what the main character goes there because she reads a story about someone who was cured, like mm-hmm. mis- mysteriously cured at this, um, hospice, and she goes there because she thinks that she can find a cure for herself. Like she's just about to go off to university when she found out she was sick and obviously it's ruined everything. Yeah. And so the story, I think there are ghost elements to it. There's a little bit of a cult element to it as mm. well. A bit weird. Um, But I think a lot of it is the characters, like these young, young people sort of dealing with the fact that they are going to die. Mm-hmm. and that's the that's heartbreaking to watch and you know they tell these fun stories though they meet up every night to tell stories to each other that's that's what they do and that's quite fun The the way that the stories are told is is interesting and um our boy Raul Coley does make an appearance <gasps> in one of the episodes <laughs> dang now I might
0: have to watch it I might have to watch it
1: He's just in one episode. He's a character in the story that oh, one okay. of the kids... Are but, uh, a lot
0: of the past actors in the show, like, as characters? Uh,
1: yes. There are some people in it. Oh, my goodness. Who is in this? Um, Samantha... What is her name? She plays... Um. In Hill House, she plays Stephen's wife. And in the mid in Midnight Mass, she is the sort of very religious lady who looks after the church. What is her name?
0: Oh, I remember her. Samantha Sloyans. She's Wait, she's Stephen's wife in
1: Hill House. In yeah.
0: He remarried. I don't remember that.
1: So she's not in it that much. She's not in Hill House that much, but she's like the one who, she wants the baby but Stephen had had the uh, he'd had the vasectomy uh-huh. so they couldn't have kids. Oh, and...
0: Stephen is the writer. Okay. My bad. My bad. Yeah.
1: yeah. So she's in it.
0: Um... Why did I think it was the dad when you said Stephen? I was like, <laughs> the dad remarried? Are you sure? Because he still sees his wife. I'm pretty sure like he wouldn't have done that. Imagine you marry somebody, you find out he still talks to his dead wife, like, sees him fully, it's like, wow, uh. I feel
1: like it would have to be competition. <laughs> I feel
0: like I'd be like, yeah, I feel like, oh, okay, is she here now? Oh, oh she is? Okay. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. I'll be back to it, I guess. Oh, she thinks I'm pretty? Okay, that's nice. Has she seen me naked? Can you ask her to Oh, she can hear me? Okay. Hey, girl. What's up? Why are you still here? <laughs> it's like <laughs> I would I'll be so serious. I'll be so serious. Yeah. So, would you guys like, mm-hmm. how does that work? <laughs> I don't need details, but I would like some. Yeah,
1: just just the basics. Yeah, just, the basics.
0: just give me like the Sparks Notes version, and I could just use my imagination from there. Um, <laughs> I don't know how. This her will work? Does she pay rent? She doesn't have money. She's a ghost. Okay. Why is she? she
1: like the if most he's, uh, with him, then he should pay her share of the rent. I yeah.
0: guess. <laughs> it would be like the most inopportune times where like you guys are like having a serious conversation, and then suddenly like stops talking to you midway and starts like going like Yeah, babe, not, I know. Hmm? Oh yeah, and you're sitting here like. Are you talking uh, to her now? You're, you're supposed to be talking to me. I'm your wife. I'm here. She's not. Hello? Hello? Can I get the... your attention? Do I have to die for you to pay attention to me? Hello?
1: <laughs> Just what it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. So, right. But, uh... So, Samantha's employees in it. Uh, the kid... The younger brother from Midnight Mass, his name is... Uh... Ickby... I really want the younger to, I don't know
0: brother that. from Midnight Mass. Is
1: yeah, that the so little you know,
0: boy that likes the girl in the wheelchair? Yes.
1: Okay. He's in it. The brother from Midnight Mass is in it as well, the main one. What main one? Oh, the, main...
0: the guy with the, the car accident.
1: Yes, he's oh. in it as well.
0: Oh, I like him.
1: I'm yeah. not going <laughs> to... He's really good. In, yeah. uh, he's, like a, he's not a main character. He's like a nurse who comes in. But I really like him in it. So it's got some of the actors. It's a good story, but like if you watch it all the way through, like I was a mess at the end. I was just crying as it got to the like episode or so. Oh, and the girl from the in the wheelchair from Midnight Mass is in it as well.
0: Is she one of the kids?
1: One of the kids. Yeah. Oh,
0: okay. We like that.
1: Yeah. So he's brought back a couple of the kids. But yeah, like I said, I was just crying at the end. When, but this point,
0: well... Are there any um ghosts in the show that are like kids that used to be their friends or like used to live in the hospice and then passed away? Because that would be, that would mess me up. No. Okay.
1: They're, they have this, um. I don't know how much of a spoiler this would be. They do make a pact with each other that the first one to die has to try and send them a sign, but they don't, I don't know. oh you just I would watch it it's worth watching it. I think it's better than in my opinion it's better than blind Manor, but it's not as good as midnight mass
0: okay, better than blind matter not as good as midnight Mass all right, I did see like some people like had kind of mixed reviews. I do want to say like usually when you are, like, a creator, and you make certain kinds of, like, works for an picture, whatever it is, a lot of times, you're, the first thing you make is not going to be as beloved as everything else, which you can see in, like, Haunting of Hill House, and I think also when, like, Us came out, a lot of people felt like it wasn't as good as Get Out, because it didn't have the same, like, cultural significance or, like, the same like awe factor or like the wow factor that get out had when it first was released as a film but i think that jordan peele still is a phenomenal director um yeah and just like an all-around great person all around very very talented he also has another film that came out recently called wendell and i forget the exact title but it is an animated film he okay. created the movie with um uh, mr Selleck who was the creator of Caroline. Yeah. But, yeah. So it kind of has that same animation yeah. style, and it's horror. So um, I do suggest that, you know, it's a good
1: watch. It's something that's okay. very interesting, yeah. I'll keep a note of that, absolutely. Because I feel like that's a great combination of styles, mm-hmm. though. I feel like um, Selleck and, and Jordan Peele, I think, are two creators who I would work well together.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, really good. Um, to be honest, like, I've just seen the reviews. I haven't watched it myself. Uh-huh. But I do plan on watching it at some point. Getting into okay. it. Okay. Yeah. I
1: will definitely check that out. All
0: right. Uh, is there anything else you want to say about the Midnight Club? Any other little things you want to drop on us?
1: Um, I think it's an interesting watch. Like I said, it's more emotional than horror. Yeah. There are ghosts and, ghosts and stuff. But... um. I think it's just a an interesting emotional story um with some great performances from from some young actors. So I'd check it out.
0: I do like that Netflix has like a plethora of content with younger actors who are kind of like fifteen and up. They're in these very interesting titles and it's not just like kissing booth. It's a variety of different things that are very very good like young royals elite stranger things is the first thing that comes to mind but also with midnight club and many other titles on netflix they have these works with this very young talent and even though they're so young they're so like the talent is insane like it's crazy to see them like do these scenes and go through these kind of scenarios and just give their all to these performances and you just kind of see, like, you kind of see them with like, you watch the interviews. And they're kids. Like, they're yes. 17, 16 years old. Some of them are still in school. Some of them are just living their lives. Yeah. Some of them want to, like, make music. And you watch them, like, break down and, like, cry and, like, f- deliver these performances. And, oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's very, like, it's kind of inspiring. It's very odd. It's, like, it's, it's amazing, so to speak. Yeah.
1: It is. It's absolutely brilliant just to see the level of talent that they have. And like you said, especially those very raw and emotional moments where you've got like this 15 year old who has to break down completely and they do it so well. It's yeah. impressive.
0: Yeah, it's nothing short sure of impressive. Uh, okay, great. Midnight Club. I have to add that to my watch list. Uh, lastly is Midnight Mass. Uh, honestly this watching this one I was kind of like a little a little nervous about this one. I do have to say a lot of people who are fans of Mike Flanagan didn't really like this um show. I think because people are still expecting Haunting of Hill House too. <laughs> like people are expecting ghosts, they want jump scares, they also want family drama and with Blind Manor it gives you like a little bit of family drama, but there's like romance, there's other things in there. And then with Midnight Mass, it's more of community. There is family yeah. in there, obviously, but I like that Mike Flanagan shows there's never one main character. Mm-hmm. Like there's never one titular character. And because there is no main character in the show, you can kill somebody off <laughs> like this person could die. The story continues. The story's gonna go on, because that's how life yeah. is. Like, you have people in your life and you know many people, but, like, if this person gone, they're gone. Which is why, like, <laughs> Eleanor was, like, really sad. It was really hard to see her die in Hill House, but, like, yeah. I mean, she died. There are, like, four other siblings that we can focus on. <laughs> <It's> so funny. <laughs> yeah. So, Midnight Mass is a show about this small fishing town, um, somewhere, like, Massachusetts or something. I don't remember the state exactly, yeah. but. <clears throat> essentially their pastor for the town church went to israel and came back someone came back it was someone very young who came in instead and this young pastor that they don't really know starts you know preaching and speaking to the people in the town and they're wondering like where is our reverend where is you know the older pastor who was an old man kind of senile kind of teetering on the edge of you know, having dementia, Alzheimer's. And we soon find out that this young pastor is the older pastor because while he was in Israel, he wandered off of his group. And he came into a cave because he got stuck in the desert in a sandstorm because, of course, he did. And in the cave, he came face to face with a thing, a monster, Uh, There is a lot of speculation. Uh, There are some people who believe it to be something of an angel because in the Bible, angels are not seen or referenced as holy white beings but could be scary like with eyes all over them, so to speak. So there are some people who reviewed the show and said, it's possible this is an angel. Most likely, this is some decrepit old vampire thing from the biblical times that was banished into this cave. Basically, the preacher is getting eaten by the thing, and the preacher who is has dementia says this is an angel, and the thing feeds him his blood. He walks out the cave young again and brings the thing back with him to his town, and things start going awry. And the thing is, listen, there is one thing that, like, really made me scream when I watched the show was the fact that the sheriff of the town is Muslim and he's like one of the only brown people there <laughs> like and the fact that that woman who played Stephen's wife was so hell-bent on having prayer in school and trying to not seem Islamophobic but was kind of a little bit Islamophobic yeah. but she's okay with drinking blood oh. She's a you can't pray five times a day to Mecca, but you can drink blood.
1: Like, girl, be for real. Oh, it just yeah. I think that that aspect of the story, even though it's you know it it's not the main aspect of it is like what's happening in the town mm-hmm. with this weird vampire angel demon thing. But I do like how he still includes like how. The town kind of reacts to the sheriff. Mm-hmm. How, you know, especially, um, what is the name of that character? What is Samantha Sloyan's character called? Bev, Beverly. Bev. Uh, it would like, be a Bev. Yeah, it's always a Bev. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, like, particularly her, like, how she speaks to people, how she treats people, and she's meant to be this, like, holier than now kind of woman. Mm-hmm. And I do like that. I've I think there were some great performances in this show as well. Some of the best, I think.
0: Honestly, I loved Midnight Mass so much. One thing Mm -hmm. that I really did enjoy about the show is the obvious look into um, religion and spirituality. And this this is what I talk about. Like, thoughtful horror is the best kind of horror when the creator knows what he wants to say and... Says it so profoundly, so intricately through every single person, every single interaction, every other being there and just like presenting it and just like, it's, it's so well done. And so many other people try to replicate it so often, but Mm -hmm. Mike Flanagan has this eye for, you know, just making sure that you kind of get the point that he's trying to give you. And he also edited every episode in Midnight Mass which i think is really like it shows dedication That's very interesting yeah. and it makes sense as to why like there's such um there's such a long amount of space between his projects which mm-hmm. i'm fine with like if you're someone who has to take time to like create your work that's okay because you know it's going to yeah. be good when you finally do see it which is why like i'm willing to wait for fall of uh the house of usher yes yeah. i know it's going to be great i know whatever he brings to us is going to be amazing
1: And And I know he's taking his time. He's not just rushing it to get it out. He's, you know, it's his art, so.
0: Yeah, and I think that the one thing about Midnight Mass I wrote down is uh, Mike Flanagan used to be an alcoholic, so Mm. he used to drink a lot. So Riley is a character who is kind of like, this is the worst thing that could happen to you if you drink a lot, is that you could kill someone from your drinking. And Mm -hmm. Riley has to come back home. Like, the show starts in Riley's point of view. So we're kind of see him as the main character. But I'm glad that the show basically branches out into everyone else's perspective, as it does Mm -hmm. in a lot of Michael Finnegan's films, shows, which is great. And Riley being haunted by the woman that he killed brings in the ghost story, brings in the ghost element. But it's less of, like, this is a ghost, and more of, like this is a mistake I've made in my past and I can't let yeah. it go and I can't forgive myself for it, which is it, what ghosts it, are.
1: It's his own personal... It's not like a ghost who's in the town. It's his own personal, mm-hmm. you know, ghosts and traumas from the past that he's, he's having to deal with. And I, I I do, I like that as well. I like how he's he's done that aspect of the show.
0: And I also like that um, this show focuses a little bit more on faith and doubt. Because faith is a large part of a lot of people's lives. And a lot of times when you think about faith, you think of, like, the Christian faith. But people have many different beliefs they hold true to. And even if you don't believe in a deity, you still believe in something. Like, you still believe there's something. Like, you believe in yourself. Or, like, you believe in, like, I don't know, the government. Something You hold something dear to yourself. Or maybe you're one of those people who's, like, a cynic. Like, you just, you're a nihilist through and through. And you think, like... The world is gonna end everything's trash no one is good we're all just liars like if you're that kind of person this is not apply yeah. to you but death and pain are like an inv- inevitable part of life and the show portrays multiple faiths in a sincere way like mm-hmm. they didn't just throw Raul coley in there like look a muslim there you go you're happy yeah. it's like no he's a part of the community he lives here he has beliefs different from other people and he stands strongly in it and yeah. It's so It's so hard. It's very clear to me that the thing with wings is a vampire. Like it's yeah. a monster. It's not an angel. And he tries to like negotiate he tries to, like, rationalize what he's done, how he acts, what he's doing with, like, scripture and trying to bend it so that yeah. it can fit into his worldview and, like, absolve him of the things he's done because he's still an instrument of God. Yeah. But, sir, you practically bit someone's head off. Like, I don't know what else to say. Yeah. Like, you were sick to the point where, like, you couldn't walk and then you killed someone. And then you that... Killed- And that fixed it.
1: Oh, and it is just that. Um, yeah, I I like how he explores. I think in his other shows there have been mentions, like there is always some kind of mention of faith, or there is a character who is very, um, you know, very spiritual, like in Hill House, there's the Dudleys, and Mm -hmm. um, you know, and they always have this mention. But I do like how in Midnight Mass, they, like you said, they explore it deeper, but they explore, like, different aspects of faith and, like, how people use it to explain things. And also the negative sides of faith, like, that beautiful, beautiful scene with Raoul Coley explaining why he came to the island and and why he doesn't carry a gun and, and all of this. And, like, that speech that he gives you know, and explain like you know, how he's how he's been sort of treated because of his faith and as something I'm sure lots of people have felt and experienced themselves. Yeah. And I like that it I like how he's looked into these different aspects of it.
0: I also, um I'm not it was so hard to watch like first of all, the person who plays Father Paul Hill, Hamish Linklater. Mm -hmm. Um, so I know him from, like, very, uh, old 2000s, like, comedy shows that would like air late night on cbs or like air repeatedly on like local tv networks like here's a rerun of this sitcom that used to be popular but only got one season like here you go so to see him in this role to be playing such a like dramatic character it's so interesting to me but i also love seeing comedic actors take dramatic roles and just like Mm. fully take them head on like fully embody them like i for one person that I cannot wait to finally hop into his dramatic bag is Jason Sudeikis. Because it's okay. going to happen. <laughs> I can already see it. Because I have it with Bill Hader, he was on SNL for years. I have it with Melanie Lininski. Lin- She's on Yellow Jackets. Uh-huh. Bill Hader, Bill Hader has his own show called Barry, like, Jason Sudeikis is next. He's going it's to do some, it. He's going to do it. Like, he's going to be in some kind of horror movie, whatever the frick. Like, Paul Rudd was in, like, terrible R-rated comedies for years and now he's on um, in a Marvel movie like he's in the Marvel yeah. universe which is great for him but Jason Sudeikis I already know it I already know it's coming for him like Alison Brie she was in Community and she in other like comedic shows and then she was on Horse Girl on Netflix mm-hmm. which I did not watch because I think it's I don't know <laughs> it's kind of weird to me but um I know Jason Sudeikis is next yeah. I can already see it
1: I do. I just, I guess I sort of assume if an actor can do comedy well, mm-hmm. like, that's such a difficult thing to do, Yeah, is to be a comedy well, that you must have, like, you must be a good actor, to be able to get it right. So, explore that. Do the drama. Yeah. Be dramatic.
0: Cause like, a lot of times with comedic films, people do a lot of improv. Like, yeah. they'll do things, like, in the moment, to keep on. Like, New Girl is a show where a lot of the scenes were improvised. And a lot of, like, I love New Girl. It's one of my favorite shows ever. So, I, oh my gosh, I just love it so much. Uh, yes, Midnight Mass. There was something else I wanted to say in regards to Midnight Mass. Um, I know for a fact, me, I am, like, a Christian. If my pastor told me to drink the blood of a monster? I would run at that bitch. And I know that thing will probably grab me by the neck and throw me against the wall. I don't care. I'm not doing it. I can't, I'm sorry. I'm not doing it. I'm not that's not me. I'm not that person. And of course, like what draws people to that is like their hunger, their bloodlust, they feel like them feeling like they are um entitled To this kind of, like, gift. Like, it's been bestowed upon them by God. And, you know, the Father Hill, he went with the creature and brought the creature back to his town because he was young again. And... When he was first becoming a priest, he fell in love with a woman, and he couldn't be with her. And he spent all these years watching her in the pews and never being able to be with her. And now he's young, and this blood is being able to restore people. It's being able to make people walk again. It's making people not sick anymore. It's it's healing you. It seems like something that's good, something that's beneficial. But unfortunately, it's also turning you. You know, yeah. you are slowly turning into something else. Yes. Yeah. And it's kind of like, would you want the gift of eternal life? It's going to turn you into like a monster?
1: So a vampire. Been... Yeah. yeah.
0: And think about oh. it. This is like a small town. Like, if they get to yeah. the mainland, everyone in Rhode Island is fucked. Like, <laughs> they're,
1: they are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Oh, are that? Absolutely. I well oh. Yeah. I knew. I kind of. From the first episode, I was like, "Is this going to be a vampire situation?" When he mm-hmm. brought the when he brought the like trunk full of dirt or whatever, and he like knocked in it or something knocked back. I was like, "Okay, this is going to be like vampires or some shit." But like, oh, I don't know. I wasn't expecting him to be the priest. I don't think mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting him to be the priest, but. Yeah, I agree with you. If I was if I was part of a community like that and my, my leader was like, okay, you need to drink this blood now, I'd be like, I'm just gonna...
0: I'm gonna, gonna dip. Talk. I'm sorry. That's not me.
1: I also oh, feel like if I was
0: pressured into doing that, I would like to say that... Mm, I can't say that I wouldn't bite somebody's neck. I can't say that I, I don't have the best self-discipline. I try. I try. But I feel like if I was hungry enough, like... I might, yeah, I might. I guess
1: it's a position. Yeah. They would probably take over at some point.
0: Also, it breaks my heart with Riley. It breaks my heart because he just wanted to come back home and be normal and possibly start dating Cat Siegel, which I'm cool with. Like, they were it's such a probably. cute couple. Like, the conversation they were having was so like, you know those memes on the internet where people are like, I just want a girl I can talk to and have deep conversations with. Like, those are the kind of (laughs) conversations that men think they can have, but lack the capacity to have. And the intelligence.
1: Yeah. But Riley...
0: (laughs) Riley is just like, you know, they're just sitting there and they're talking and it's this kind of very wholesome, very tender moment. And of course it is destroyed because... What happened? Did the monster
1: attack him? Yeah, he went to the church when he shouldn't have gone to the church oh. in the month. All right,
0: all right.
1: Oh right. And, uh, yeah. But I just one of that's one of my favorite things about Midnight Mass is the scene the scenes with Riley and what is Erin? Is that her name in it? Is that Kate Beagle's so. name in it? They're just so cute. Some of the conversations that they have are so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And some are funny, like when when she's pitching the idea of like morning sickness to him, Mm -hmm. that's like really funny. But the conversation that she has with him after she has a miscarriage is, it's beautiful. It's sad, but beautiful. And then when they're on the boat, there are some really impressive moments in Midnight Mass. And I think that's Mm -hmm. what makes it one of my favourite of Flanagan's films.
0: I think that there are so many horror f- horror fans that want the horror, they want the jump scares, but Mike Flanagan, of course, like he's bringing you horror, but he's also bringing you something else. And the one thing that is a theme in all his shows is that people are haunted by their trauma. They're haunted <laughs> by their guilt and their shame and their fear from the decisions they've made in their lives, and they can't let that shit go. And it festers... And it becomes ghost. And there aren't, like, physical ghosts in Midnight Mass. But yeah. people are willing to do banal and terrible things. And they will rationalize it to satisfy themselves. Yeah, They will rationalize it so that they may feel, you know, complete. And they may feel whole. Because, like, faith is something that makes you feel like you're part of something bigger. And, you yeah. know, the show... I love that it portrays many different faiths, and the faith is a central tenet in the show and mm. there are people who think they have all the answers and like what scares us most is the unknown. Like, this is all very true. And, oh my gosh. um, That Raul Coley's son? Oh! oh I so love him. Good. I love him so much. I yeah. was so oh. sad. I yeah. really like, I understand what it's like to feel like othered in like a small community so it had to be hard for him to be the only Muslim kid at his school and for him to want to go to church and his dad wanting him to explore other beliefs but also feeling like he's being pressured by the town and feels like he's rejecting his culture at the yeah. same time but him just wanting to do the same thing his friends want to do and like wanting to be a part of something you know so he could be together and it getting to the point where he literally drinks blood and then becomes mm-hmm. a vampire that is the point where I'm just like oh no Mike Flanagan was like, you thought you weren't going to be tortured? You thought you weren't going to feel, hard? Like, you thought I wasn't going to break you in this show? Bitch. He's like, I brought in this very nice character who's done a terrible, horrible thing and wants to repeat, repent for his sins. And guess what he does? He burns himself alive. Yeah, bitch. He said, my name is Mike Flanagan. I'm bald. I'm a hateful, spiteful man. You shall feel my rage.
1: You're all going to suffer. Yes,
0: you're all going to suffer. Alright? I have no hair. I have nothing but spite for everyone else. Like, <laughs> I truly feel like the reason why Mike Fanny is such a great writer is because he's bald. And bald men are just angry at the world because <laughs> they're bald.
1: Yeah. It makes sense.
0: Like, we know you're bald. You can't put on a toupee anymore. Like, you can't hide the yeah. fact that you're bald. If you put on a wig, sick. we'll be able to tell. Like, there's no nothing under there. Like, you didn't blend that shit in, my guy. Sorry. Like, you gotta take that (laughs) (laughs) off.
1: You gotta do that slowly. (laughs) Yeah.
0: It hurts, Uh like... The one thing that I found so remarkable about Midnight Mass was Riley's parents. Because (laughs) they drank the blood, but they weren't, you know, they didn't feel the need to kind of go and do Uh what everyone else was doing. And that, that last episode, them last few episodes... Oh my gosh, I truly was ready to just, like, what the fuck is going on? I think... Imagine sleeping in your bed at night, and everyone from Bible study just comes to just take you out. Imagine (laughs) that! Imagine that! You're curling up in your room, you're curling up to watch America's Got Talent, next thing you know, your next door neighbor wants to suck you dry.
1: Oh.
0: Oh gosh.
1: I don't think I was expecting the sort of, um, mm. I think the way I described it, I was talking to to a friend about this, Jordan Simmons, yes. I was to him about it. and I think the way I described it was, it was like Mike Flanagan was, was doing something about Jonestown, like when they're in the church at the end, and I was just like... What has just happened? This mm-hmm. has just gone from like zero to a hundred in mm-hmm. the space of five minutes, mm-hmm. and then everything. And I wasn't expecting it to to completely like hit chaos level so quickly. I think that that was a shock to me because usually with his shows, I feel like there's a nice build up to it, but with that, it went from. Okay, like we're all sad with what happened to Riley, and now everyone in the town is is part of the cult. And I was like,
0: what? yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you can see the build up to his previous works, and I feel like this one was like, it was a surprise. But also, if you're raised, if you're raised religiously, it's not a surprise. <laughs> there is this yeah. kind of like thinking when it comes to faith for certain communities, that some things are just normal. Like, yeah. in my community, it's normal for women to get married and then move into a house with their husband. Mm-hmm. You move out of your parents' house into your husband's house. You don't live on mm-hmm. your own. If you live on your own, you live in sin. Like, that's something mm-hmm. that is seen as, you know, it's just something that you do. Yeah, And I'm sure there are people who actually, like, I'm sure there are women who in my church who do live alone. Cause I'm going to be one of those people. I'm not moving into moving with a man after I move my parents (laughs) house. I want some space for myself. Hello, hello, can I live my life? (laughs) Yeah, like, I'm sorry. I'm going to break that cycle. Y'all that's going to have to be me. But, um, with midnight mass, I don't think it was that like it was to a zero to 100. It's that within small communities, people just do what everyone else is doing. It's not like, I don't think that everybody in that church was actually Christian. But it's yeah. kind of like, everyone goes to church on Sunday. So, yeah. it's just the thing you do. You know, it's a fishing town. We all fish. You know, it, like, they have yeah. one doctor in the town. Because you need a doctor. And if 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 this if my neighbor is going to drink the blood from this monster that just scrolled up in here... I mean, I guess I am, too. I mean, what else is there to do? Either I drink the blood and I eat my neighbor or my neighbor eats me. It's that kind of oneness where, like, people don't want to be outsiders. And the ending is so... I really cannot tell you how I felt. Like, oh, my gosh. Watching that girl dig a hole in the sand. I was like, girl, I a journey to the bottom of the ocean if you don't walk into the ocean right now, like, (laughs) literally just ready to, like, burning the boats, having the kids escape, narrowly escape, almost didn't make it, like, it hurts, because you know that her family's gone, and his family's gone.
1: I kind of almost want to know what happens next, like, they're gonna get... She can't walk anymore, because, obviously, like, the the vampire angel is dead and like what do they do? Are they just going to show up on this other island and be like like on the mainland and be like oh yeah everyone is dead apart from us because that's (laughs) going to turn
0: into a true crime podcast right there like two (laughs) random children appear in the boat on the side of Rhode Island washed up no ID, no parents like because the town burned down essentially
1: like, everyone yeah, in the town it, is... Everybody
0: died. Every... That's a different kind of horror story, too. Like, yeah. where there's no... There are two survivors, but, like, basically, they're all gone. Yeah. Yes. It's... And those
1: survivors are going to be sat there talking about an angel vampire demon that, like... I just... I would love to know what that conversation was like. Yeah.
0: Already. It really is... um Man, I can't stop thinking about Raul Coley and his son. I know that's not his actual son, but that's just how I characterize yeah. them. them so on I the mean... beach. And it's that thing where it's like, Mike Flanagan makes it clear that like this is not something about like one faith is a true faith. It's like, we all hold different things dear to ourselves, and we yeah. all have different beliefs. And at the end of the day, we all die. And yeah. the afterlife is something that many other people believe in. And they believe that different things will happen to you when you're not here anymore. But it's just like, you know, Hill House blurs the line between death, dream, and horror. Bly Manor is about horror and love and how love can screw you over. And then Midnight Mass is about death and faith. And what comes after that? Not faith, but also faith and skepticism. Because not everyone is probably a believer in that town, but like... You kind of have to be, you know? And. Oh my gosh, them two little kids. Those kids are too young to work, too. Like, how yeah. are they going to survive?
1: Yeah, oh, what happened? Gosh. What happened to them after they got to I need to an the
0: epilogue. Life? I just need <laughs> yeah. an epilogue. I don't need a movie. I don't need short film. Just short little. I think
1: maybe. Like, not even like a full episode long. Yeah. like, I just need to know what happened to them. <laughs>
0: Yeah, like, did that thing they do at the end of, like, 2000 movies where they stop at one person's face and, like, at the bottom it's like, this person with this university is like, this person did this. Like, at the end of Legally Blonde, where it's like, Warner, graduated, no prospects, no job, no fiancé. Like, that's what I need.
1: I just need a 2000 end credit freeze frame. Please. That's what I need. Oh, gosh. Yep. Um,
0: Midnight Mass. What a beautiful, beautiful. I do have to say, when I know her name, it's it's not when the lady who played Miss Hudgeley in H- Hill House, who plays the doctor in Midnight Mass, okay. when she put the blood in the sun? I was like, oh girl, oh she cracked the case, oh she cracked the code. You know, you know, she knows, she
1: knows. She, knows.
0: <laughs> she knows. And then when Home Girl was trying to like uh, rationalize drinking blood i was just Mm -hmm. like okay and this is where i draw the line and this is where i draw the line this is where i say nope absolutely not you actually got me fucked
1: up i do like that they bring in that science that's the science part that the doctor is the scientist Mm -hmm. as it is and everything but like i do like that they have that because then you know there's different explanations for what's happening if that makes sense like Mm -hmm. They've got the people who see it as, like, a, you know, there's a monster. They've got the people who are trying to rationalise it in their own faith. And then you've got a doctor who's trying to rationalise it through science. And I'm like, okay, I appreciate the different aspects of this. And I like her character, anyway. I can't remember what the character was called. (laughs) But I I liked her character in that show.
0: I like that there are people who kind of saw, like, The mom getting young again as like a okay. Miracle. Not the word I would use. More like a what the fuck is going on? Kind of thing. Yeah. Like
1: Some people were concerned, I think. Yeah.
0: Overall, oh my gosh, Midnight Mass is so good. And you could just tell like from uh, there weren't a lot of cast interviews and stuff like that because mm-hmm. the show did come out in 2020 um, mm-hmm. there were a bit and from what I could tell like the cast really did get along which I like the most when you watch a show and you can see like the cast generally have a good rapport with one another it's like oh, mm-hmm. you guys are so great I love it we love to see it yes
1: Yeah.
0: I feel like there's something else I want to say about oh I wanted to ask you why do you think the monster was there Like, why do you think, like, why did it go with him? Why do you think, did it leave the desert because it just didn't want to live in the desert anymore? Or, like, why did it go with the creature person?
1: I thought, well, in my opinion, I always thought it went with him because it wanted more people to sort of, like, feed off and and do that with. But, like, he couldn't travel there himself. He's in the middle of the desert. Mm -hmm. He can only fly at nighttime. I guess he might not be able to get that far like traveling himself so i guess if you have a a vessel to carry you then that would be the the best way but i i i don't know i guess it depends on how you see what the monster is i see it as a vampire and i would just assume that vampires would want to try and like get as many victims as they could
0: do you think that like the pastor was like the the things familiar in a way
1: yeah, yeah. I guess that would make sense. Kind of like in um. Oh God, what is that character called in Dracula? Is it Renfield? I think you know so. Dracula? Yeah. Like maybe he was meant to be that kind of character to him.
0: I'm gonna say I'm a little surprised that the little monster went straight for Kate Siegel when she's literally lying there just like dying. I'm like, you can't see this as a trap. How old are you? <laughs> How
1: old are you? You. Are you well, Centuries old, my guy.
0: Like, <laughs> let's come on. You, yeah. let's be for real right now, okay?
1: Unless it's just so, like, given into its bloodlust that any blood it sees, it's like, I've gotta have that. I've just, mm-hmm. I've just gotta.
0: It probably was hungry because it wasn't really, like, feeding. Like, yeah, it, it was, took that one guy who was a drug dealer and then yeah, it started okay. to take Riley.
1: Yeah. But. Oh. I don't know. I don't know. It's a peculiar, because you would think that that monster would be more of a character in the show, but it's not really there all that much. Mm-hmm.
0: It's just kind of like, it's literally like the monster in, no, it's like the monster in your bed. It's like the monster in your closet. Like You yeah. don't really like see it there, but you know it's there. Yeah. Also, how in the heck did you hide something that big on a small island?
1: How? Yeah, I I don't know. I guess it's hiding in houses and whatnot, but my question was, how the hell did he get that from um, Israel to the US? And everyone was fine with it. Like, how, did, no did one he notice? travel by boat? Like, if he flew, someone's definitely checked that suitcase. Yeah. Like, know
0: Unless it's like an iron-laden, like, kind of suitcase where, like, you can't really see through it. Like, there's kind of some kind of material that, like, the security cameras can't see through. It might be something like that that
1: he got. Oh. I, have, I just have logistical questions mm-hmm. about bringing a monster internationally, I guess. <laughs> I do, too.
0: I do, too. I have as well. Yeah, um, I do have to say, I've always been someone where, it's like, if vampires are real, and werewolves are real, you can reveal yourself to me. I won't tell anybody we bet. I, I, I promise. Listen, just hit me up. Let me know. Like, don't come at me at night when I'm walking to my car because we will get into a fight. And I know you're stronger than me, but I will do my best. <laughs> but, like, maybe maybe we're we're at Publix and I'm looking at the cookies. You just come over to me and you flash your teeth one time. That's good enough for me. Like, I'm 100% going to believe you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm... I'm down to be friends with the vampire. I'm just putting that out there. I know they're probably not real. However, if they are.
1: You should never be too sure.
0: <laughs> Listen, <laughs> you can just, you know, hit me up on Instagram.
1: Yeah. Especially if it's a bit of vampire that's like, uh, Laszlo from what we do in the shadows. That He would be the best friend. He would be mm. so much fun.
0: Yeah. Okay, um, guys, we've gone through basically all of. Uh, Mike Flanagan's shows. Fall of Usher is going to be coming out soon. It hasn't been announced when it's going to be set to premiere, but, you know, Mike Flanagan's probably taking his time editing it, you know, making sure it is perfect for us. Also, Mark Hamill is going to be in it, which I'm so excited about.
1: That's going to be fun,
0: I think. Yes. The cast, like, a lot of people who are in this show... We're also in Midnight Mass. I see that like one of the parents from Midnight Mass is going to be in this. I see that um Hannah, the actress who played Hannah, is also going to be in this as well. So I'm very excited to see it. I'm very excited to see what's going to happen. I believe um the doctor, the actress who played the doctor, is going to be in the show as well. And the kid? going
1: everything, hasn't she? Oh
0: my gosh, yeah. yeah. Sorry, go on. <laughs> Uh, I think the kid from uh, Midnight Mass, the little boy, he's also going to be in The Fall of Usher, which I'm all, all in all very excited to see. The Okay, The Fall of the House of Usher is what it's called. It's based off of an Edgar Allan Poe uh, short story. It's a work of gothic fiction, includes themes of madness, family, isolation, and metaphysical identities, which is going to be a lot of fun. The, show's, the story starts with an unnamed narrator Remember, at the house of his uh, friend Broderick Usher. And all in all, it's just a very creepy story. There is three narrators in the story which, ooh, I love. I love a narrator, but also like an unreliable narrator. Because then you're just yeah. kind of like Do I trust you? Like go, yeah. Gone Girl? perfect example of an unreliable narrator because mm-hmm. girl you faked your own death because <laughs> he didn't love you anymore because he didn't love you anymore because he didn't love are we for real right now are we that bored are we that like the way that you could quite literally just like do anything else you could just loved him that would have yeah. been the easiest thing
1: <laughs> Fantastic planning skills, obviously. Yeah. She planned this whole thing. No, she's genius. She's got so many other options.
0: <laughs> like, there is this phenomenon where men basically fake incompetence to get their wives to do things for them.
1: Mm-hmm. Watching
0: Gone Girl and watching like it for the first time, the first time, I knew from the jump, Ben Affleck didn't do any of that. Because that man is truly stupid. That man is quite literally the dumbest man I've ever seen. This white man has no clue what's going on. How do you sign documents your wife gives you and you don't read over them? You don't look over them. You don't see that you signed a life insurance policy in case she literally died. Like, you have to be so dumb. You have to to be so dense in Um, your brain. There's nothing in there. Like, my gosh. (laughs) It's the way that, like, I watched that movie and I'm like, no one I know nobody nope. watched this movie and thought that this man was the killer.
1: Yeah. Like, this man
0: is stupid. <laughs> y'all had to think it was somebody else. Like, if I was a cop and this guy really had no idea what happened to his wife and he was acting this stupid from me, I'd be like, man, she had to face your death because what is up with you? <laughs> like, no one can pretend to be that stupid and be a murderer.
1: Yeah. No.
0: It's not possible. No one can. Men who kill their wives fuck up each and every time. And if you're a cop who knows their job, you're going to figure it all out. But if you figure out all the clues so easily, and he looks that clueless and that dumb, yeah. baby, no one's keeping up that act that, that, for that long. No one's <laughs> yeah. keeping up that act for that long. I'm sorry. No. Ben Affleck was the perfect choice for that role, by the way. Like, yeah. no, one, <laughs> no one else in Hollywood
1: could have played that. Yeah, no. It fits in very
0: well. (laughs) And I also want to say, this is a compliment to his acting. Um, Am I calling Ben Affleck dumb? Of course not. Why would I say that? No.
1: No, 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 no. No,
0: it's not that I think he's an idiot, of course not. What the (laughs) fuck? I love Ben Affleck. He is great. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) We have reached the end. We are going to go into our last segment, which is pass, I'll pass, which is a segment where we talk about movies and TV shows that we're not going to watch because it's not for us. We're not interested. We don't care. We don't want to see it. Is there anything that's coming out soon that you have taken a look at and you're like, you know what? I'm going to pass on that. You know
1: what? I'm really trying to think right now. Uh <laughs>
0: To be honest, I've been kind of behind on, like, watching anything new that has come out other recently. I do have to say, I still haven't watched the House of Dragons show, just because I, I can't.
1: I can't do it. No. I'm done with
0: Game of Thrones, guys. I finished. I'm done with Game of Thrones. Listen, Maisie Williams is out doing her own thing. I'm yeah. glad that people are watching it, and I'm glad that people like it. That's good. It's It's just not for me. You
1: know, I can't do it, prequels. Yeah, I I'm struggle. I didn't watch any of House of Dragon. I think part of it is because I was so betrayed by the ending of Game of Thrones <laughs> that I was just like, I'm not putting myself through that again. Mm-hmm. I'm not putting myself through another eight season show where at the end it's just going to be ruined. <laughs> um, But I've had a similar thing with Rings of Power. I am a massive, massive Lord of the Rings fan. It's Mm -hmm. one of my favorite things, and I just can't bring myself to watch Rings of Power, and I don't know what it is.
0: I think it's because um, we've just gotten so attached to the characters and the story when it first came out, and it's just Mm -hmm. such a huge part of our lives. We're adults now, and, like, you could watch it. You could partake, but Mm -hmm. it's just, like, do I really want to? Like... I know it's good. I know it's great. I know people like it. I know it's popular. But I see that it's like, yeah. ah, y'all could have it. That's for
1: y'all. And I also see this thing every week of someone being like, oh, has Gandalf finally been introduced into the show? Has Sauron been it? Like, they're like constantly guessing as to whether these characters are being introduced. And I'm like, I don't, I don't need that. I don't want this hot sort of like build up to something that might not happen. And, mm-hmm. um, I'm also, I guess part of it for me as well is I'm also one of those weirdos who knows like a lot about the the law and the history from the book, and I know that the show is quite different because they couldn't get the copyright to mm-hmm. the stories and stuff. So I think part of me is just like, I understand it's an adaptation and I understand things need to change, but I've heard that it's quite different. Mm-hmm. So I'm a bit like, oh, I don't know if I can oh. take all of that. This-
0: It's also happening with Winchesters. They're retconning Winchester They're retconning Supernatural. Because in the beginning of Supernatural, the story is that... uh, If y'all don't know what Supernatural is, wow. (laughs) What kind of rock have you been living under? But basically, Supernatural is a very popular CW show. It was one of the longest-running television shows. Longest-running sci-fi television shows, I believe, in the history of television. And I've watched all seasons, so I know everything about the show. Basically, the show starts off with Sam and Dean, their kids, their mom dies, pinned to the ceiling, house on fire, she's dead, the dad takes the sons, the dad finds the mom's hunting journal, and starts hunting, going out Mm. hunting. Basically, I believe in the Winchester show, the dad knows about the hunting, which is not what happened in 2005 when the first episode aired and I know that's a long time ago but if it's going to be a prequel series you need to stay true to the story you are adapted from okay (laughs) also another thing is that Jensen Ackles has the rights to the supernatural show essentially so he knows this because he was on the show for most of his career so why would you retcon it
1: that's the only thing I know him from (laughs) yes (laughs)
0: That and the boys. I'm sure he's going to be doing other things very soon, which, good for him. But also, it's like, what is going on? You know? Like, I'm glad that it's come out. People are watching it. People seem to like it so far. But I'm not going to spend time watching a spinoff from a show that I only kept watching out of nostalgia and depression. (laughs) Like... For me, yeah. the show ended with the 15th season. I'm done. I don't Oof. care that you want to continue on with this show and you can't let it go. Like, it's also weird to me that, like, Jensen Ackles fully lost a friendship of, like, 15 years over something really dumb. But at the same time, it's kind of like. Eh, you can't say first to everyone. Also, if you're in the Supernatural fandom, you know why Jerry Pedelecchi and Jensen Ackles can't be friends anymore. Jerry Pedelecchi just does too much. He just, he just goes off. Like, we understand you have depression, sir, but you can't be going off of people on Instagram every so often. Like, Facebook, there was one time he went to a hotel and he apparently had a bad experience. And he posted a picture of the man who he was upset at on Twitter. And all his fans were like, um, Jared,
1: let's let's
0: bring it back in for a second, buddy. You have too many followers for this kind of mess. What's yeah. going on? Also, during 2020, with the um, BLM protests were happening, he shared a PDF file of, like, books and movies you should watch to educate yourself. And, like, you live in a $4 million house in Texas. Donate some money. Yeah. Literally, there was a whole thread of, like, celebrities donating $1,000 to the ACLU, yeah. which, like, some of y'all could have donated more. One of them was Steve Carell. Sir, you were on The Office. I know you're rich. Okay. <laughs> he yeah. even donated a little bit more than a thousand dollars. But like yeah. at least he gave something. Like,
1: yeah. Oh
0: And I know he got paid a lot of money being on Supernatural. I know he did.
1: Like Yeah. See. That was that was like a super popular show. They were they were definitely raking it in.
0: And I also oh. wanna say I'm still upset that uh Wayward Sisters never happened, but we have a Winchester's prequel. I'm so mad. <laughs> I'm still mad. I know that uh, the main girl from the the, the Waver Sisters is now in Ant Man Quantumania. I know that, and I'm happy for her. However, I still wanted Waver Sisters to happen. If I could go back in time and be a successful TV writer and buy the pilot of Waver Sisters and put it on Netflix, I would have done it already.
1: Yeah, she can have more than one job. It's fine.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't know if there's anything I'm going to pass on this week. I did hear that Nick Cannon is having another baby, which is, you know... uh, Okay. So, like... This is a conspiracy theory I have about Nick Cannon, and I'm not 100% sure if it's true or not. Let me Google something real quick. You know who Nick Cannon is?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. So you kind of know what I'm talking about with him and his babies.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. What number is this? I
0: don't really know exactly what it is. Um, Basically, Nick Cannon keeps having kids, guys. Some of you may know Nick Cannon from being Mariah Carey's ex-husband. I also don't know why they're ever together. I'm gonna be honest. That's Mariah Carey. She's like the, the the baddest bitches ever. And he's Nick Cannon. He hosted America's Got Talent for years. Like I'm sure he like he has money. Like he's rich. I'm sure because yeah. like from like Wild and Out and like, you know, his various movies he was in, such as the sensation of Drumline, and other ones that I don't remember right now. But <laughs> <laughs> but basically like. Um, he keeps having kids, he keeps checking up with baby mamas, and I feel like the women at this point, y'all know, like, how much money is he offering you? Like, these women have to be getting paid. Like, they, he's signing an NDA, he's meeting them somewhere, it can't just be Instagram DMs, there's something weird and strange about this, like, how many times he's having kids, like, it's not simply that, like, he's just out here having sex, like, future is, do you know who future is? (laughs) No. <laughs> Future is a rapper, and he's very well known for hopping into women's uh, Instagram DMs and okay. you know flirting, sleeping with them, getting them pregnant. He was out there, <laughs> like he is fully like out there, just doing whatever. Um, yeah. This is different. This feels, I don't know how else to say this, a little calculated. Some people yeah. think that Nick Cannon might be in a cult. For some reason, and like there's gonna be a documentary about him soon. I think it's possible. I also think there's gonna be a documentary about Billie Eilish because she's dating a man who dressed like an old man and she dressed like a baby for Halloween and he's significantly older than her.
1: Yeah. Also,
0: her brother is dating someone who looks exactly like her. So yeah. Oh,
1: I didn't know. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. it's
0: a little weird. Yeah. Yeah yeah i try not to stay i try to stay off the blind items but sometimes they just call to me and you know
1: i can't avoid this
0: uh it's it's even worse when you read a blind item and then you see a news article proving the blind item because then it's like oh so i was right it's like it makes it a hundred (laughs) percent worse because then you go back you feel like you're a detective you know things about people that you think you're hiding this about yourself but we know it's like it's it's terrible it's terrible but like um one thing that people don't remember about Nick Cannon is that he has lupus. And lupus is a very difficult disease to have. And yeah. a lot of times, there's like surgeries have to go into it, bone marrow blood, and sometimes you need an exact match. Yeah. So I feel like he's playing the numbers game with his kids, a la My Sister's Keeper.
1: I don't know... I don't know which one I find worse. I don't know whether I find him just like making a cult with his children or like having donors. There, I don't know which one's worse.
0: I don't think he's making a cult with his kids. There are like, uh, cults where like you have to have babies to like repopulate the yeah. earth. Uh, yeah. I hope it's. I can't say I hope. I can't say it's neither of those things because. Sir, you're having ten kids!
1: His twelfth like... he's expecting his eleventh and twelfth. That's what he's expecting. I just looked it up very quickly. That's too many kids. That is far too many kids for one person.
0: That's so. enough to have, like, a baseball team. Like...
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, sorry, sir. You can't have more kids than there are disciples. That's no. weird. I
1: hope... <laughs> <laughs> I, hope... <laughs> I hope it is that he just doesn't understand uh how to use protection. He's too hope.
0: grown for that. He's too grown <laughs> for that. He's an adult.
1: Maybe maybe he's just one of those guys who's just like, I absolutely refuse to wear protection.
0: Because no, there are plenty of men that are like that in Hollywood and they know what to do. Like yeah. They know what to do. They know how to keep that quiet. <laughs> like, Future has a couple baby mamas, but he doesn't have ten.
1: That is too much. Oh. It's, yeah, it's well. just something
0: that you can't ignore. It's like right there in your face. And when someone posts that, like, I didn't, um, I don't remember who it was. I listened to it on a podcast. And they said it, and after they said it, I was like, oh, this makes so much sense that it just has to be true. Like, there's nothing... There's no other explanation for it. Also, um, I read recently that apparently Justin Timberlake was supposed to play Mr. Shu and Glee. And I think a lot of people believe that Mr. Shu was written as inspiration for Justin Timberlake, but Justin Timberlake was supposed to be Mr. Shu, Which I feel like... It makes sense, because around that time, Justin Timberlake wasn't really making music. Mm. it wasn't until he made his album with Jay-Z, he got back into making music again. So, I feel like it made sense that, like, he could have been on the show, because yeah. a lot of people on Glee were on Broadway. You know, mm-hmm. like, that's it's possible. I'm, sh- I'm, I'm sure mm-hmm. Ryan Murphy could have pulled it.
1: Yeah. But it would make sense, like you said, and he, I guess he could be, you know, one of the names that gets people in to watch it. Yeah. I, I mean, the whole, I was never a fan of Glee, I must admit, I never <laughs> I used. To, I watched
0: just about every episode, like I watched oh, it every night when it came on, like I was a
1: fan <laughs> I was I've seen a few episodes I, it's the kind of thing that I had like family members who watched it so I've seen a few episodes, mm-hmm. but it was never something that I like would actively seek out myself mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I can I can see why though. I can see why people enjoy it. But just do you know what it is? I have a very low cringe factor. Mm-hmm. So if something is very cringy, I can't deal with it. And I remember the couple of episodes I did watch, mm-hmm. I was just like dying inside. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. oh my God, no. <laughs> The
0: thing is, I started watching that show in two thousand nine when it first came out. And I was in middle school. I, I was a Disney nerd. I loved musicals, so Glee yeah. was perfect. I was the, I was the audience. I yeah. was the audience for Glee. <laughs> That's why I loved it so much, and Absolutely. I still listen to some of the songs from it, mainly because I miss Naya Rivera. But I still listen to like some of the songs every now and then. Yeah. Okay. We have run the gamut on things to talk about, so. <laughs> guys. I want to say thank you so much for listening to this week's episode if I mean to watch that. Uh, Please check out my wonderful guest. Uh, Her links will be in the description. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Tell your friends about the podcast. Listen to us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to podcasts. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Goodbye! And we have been going... This is going to have to be a two-parter episode because of... (laughs) I did not <laughs> I did not anticipate us talking for this long, but